Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Still a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and many other great fantasy sports shows over at FullTimeFantasy.com, at FullTimeFantasy on Twitter. And as always, you can follow your boys, AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on the tweeters. And if you want to be in Rick's mailbag, AsylumFootball <laughs> at gmail.com. Rick, seven weeks in the book. We're almost halfway over. This is sad, sad business. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem that long ago that we were talking about your pre-draft strategy and rankings and all this nonsense, and here we are halfway through the season. I don't like it. I don't either. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, let's let's rewind and draft just again. Start. I would, uh, there's a, many a league I wouldn't mind doing that in right now. So we will get into that. Tons of injury news, tons of trades, headlines, everything going on. We'll give our takeaways, our game balls and socks, and get the bookie on the line. Is the the matchup, the game of the century tonight, Rick, is the Washington Redskins head to Minnesota. We'll break down that one before we get out of here. Revenge game. They're trying to put the spin revenge. Case Keenum against his old team and Kirk Cousins against his old team and – yeah. yeah. we got to create a storyline wherever you can. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. All right, Rick. Well, let's get into it. Carry on Johnson out for the year with that injury. That uh, crushed me in uh, many a league. Uh, been kind of a disappointment to this point. Boy, everybody going nuts all over the way. We're wired for your boy, J.D. McKissick. And uh, I know what's the other Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. I wanted to say T.Y. I got Hilton on the mind, apparently, today. <laughs> And Ty Johnson, you know, obviously not great for carry on Johnson owners, not great for the Detroit Lions. Johnson, McKissick, got any interest in either of those clowns? Oh, I think Johnson's certainly a viable pickup. I mean, it'll give you some running back depth and, you know, and a flex start maybe. But, I mean, everybody's losing their minds, you know, tweets out there, you know, what you look like if you're left free agent dollars on the table not to get Ty Johnson. They show a coffin and all this. <laughs> he wasn't starting ahead of Karrion Johnson, who was mediocre. Yeah, so what best. makes you think he's going to carry your fantasy team to a title? And frankly, based on nothing, just based on a feeling, I didn't know what a Ty Johnson was until about halftime of that Detroit Lions game last week. Now, that probably makes me a bad fantasy analyst, and I should have known that. But I will readily admit I didn't. I know what a J.D. McKissick is. I see what they were doing in terms of getting him the ball in the passing game. And that seems to be kind of the established line, right, where Johnson's going to get the ball in running situations. McKissick's going to be on the field in passing situations. Let's look at the Detroit Lions as they are constructed and as they play football. I spent a lot less money, and I did pick up a lot of J.D. McKissick. Look, he isn't going to be Austin Eckler or anything, but I think this is a guy who's a pretty safe bet for three or four catches a week, maybe more than that. As we go through these bye weeks and as we're dealing with injuries and you find yourself in a bind, that's a guy you could throw in a flex spot in a deep league and at least have some guarantees. I'm going to have to see Johnson a little bit first because I wouldn't be stunned if, based on carry on Johnson's struggles, the Detroit Lions are struggling to run the football. 
you know, does it become where a McKissick, who is a veteran, who has done it before to varying levels of success, with the ability to catch the football, does this maybe not end up being more a McKissick? I think at best right now it's probably 60-40 Johnson over McKissick. I don't see any reason that couldn't flip after a week or two. And you could be right. Just in my mind, it's like, meh. Well, I don't care. Yeah, either it doesn't way. really yeah. much matter. I mean, yeah, they're they're a good plug and play kind of a guy if you're uh, injury bye weeks and so forth. But you know, they're ba- basically going to be riding your bench. I would certainly assume. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, or you're as bad as most of my fantasy teams, where you're <laughs> on that waiver wire looking for starters. Uh, Josh Gordon heading to the IR with that uh, knee injury kind of brought uh, made some sense of that high second round pick that uh, the the Patriots ended up spending on a Muhammad Sanu. So Josh Gordon out, Muhammad Sanu in. And I just in. saw something today that. Um, <laughs> He ran 22 miles an hour on the the treadmill machine, and it's deemed as minor, and he should clear pretty soon and be available to other teams. It's more or less like New England. They just caught him. Okay, we're done with you. You're on IR. Bah. Makes you wonder if there's more to it then. You know, I, I, know. I hate to speculate after everything the kid's uh, been through, self-inflicted or not. Remember kind of last time when this happened last year, it kind of happened quietly, right? Yep. There wasn't the big story. Josh Gordon violates this and is suspended. Just sort of he went away, and there was always kind of speculate. Are we maybe dealing with the same type of thing here? That's odd. Yeah, and and I think he is probably – He'll be one of these people, like you said, just kind of fade away quietly or maybe in the off season, all of a sudden, you know, suspended again for drug use, blah, blah, and you'll never see him again. Yeah, it, it very well could be. So, you know, kind of a less of a story there really hadn't uh, hadn't lived anywhere near up to the expectations a lot of folks had for him in the preseason. But Muhammad Sanu, that's one of your guys, Rick, since, uh, since Roddy White went away in Atlanta. There's always some obscure number two or number three Atlanta wide receiver you absolutely fall in love with. Sanu being that guy recently, what do you think about him going to New England midseason? I think he's just going to be, you know, this is something interesting. I saw this actually on Good Morning Football this morning while I was standing around picking my ears and stuff like we do in the morning. What you tend to do, yeah. But apparently Muhammad Sanu, when he was drafted, was on Bill Belichick's radar. They didn't get him. And according to to this guy, you know, Bill Belichick keeps notebooks and everybody he's interested in and has been keeping an eye on him anytime these people become available and they make a play for. And apparently he's been a blip on Belichick's radar for some time. Interesting. You know, I mean, he's he's big. He's he's one of those big possession-type guys that Belichick likes to utilize. And – they probably will, probably not right off the bat, but I, he'll probably be Josh Gordon numbers easily. Yeah, that's what, and that's that's where he's going to be frustrating, right? In New England, they haven't had their bye yet, so they've got what nine full games left, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got 
two or three times, he's going to have really big games. And there's going to be a couple times he's going to be almost completely uninvolved. To your point, like what Josh Gordon's been, there's some two-catch-for-30-yard, two-catch-for-25-yard performances. The other thing he's going to do, and it's a matter, write this down, I lock, guarantee this will happen. Don't forget Rick Muhammad Sanu was a quarterback at Rutgers, and he's thrown, I believe, six or seven touchdown passes in the National Football League at a critical juncture of an important game, either later on, in this season or in the playoffs, Muhammad Sanu will throw a touchdown pass. So you can write that down right, right now. I, I almost figure he brought him in just for that one opportunity when he needs it for, for that to happen. So, yeah, I think, Sanu, you're going to be riding a wave. You're going to feel like you almost have to have him in your lineup. Kind of the same feeling I had with Josh Gordon mostly. God, the minute I sit him down, he's going to have eight for a buck eighty and three touchdowns because of what New England does with the matchups. I think what's different now, tell me if you think this is stupid, Rick. For a long time we talked about, remember when uh, Ocho Cinco went up there and they'd bring different receivers in and the receivers outside of Randy Moss just couldn't grasp that complicated offense. I don't feel like they're doing that anymore. It's that same kind of offense. I feel like a guy like Sanu it's going to be go eight, cut it in, go nine, cut it out. I think their offense and passing game is really that simple right now in the absence of Gronk and with Julian Edelman doing the things he does and what they like to do with the running back. I think it's fairly simple, and he should have some success, but I think it's going to be inconsistent success is what I'm worried about if I'm a Sanu owner. Yeah, I, I do too. His Look, his career um, reception year has been 67 catches. And I was with, with the Falcons a couple of years ago. You know, career-wise, he's eleven about 11 and a half yards per catch. Not bad. I mean, that's what you expect out of somebody like that. Right. And um, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. You run up there eight, nine yards to turn around, boom. Yeah. Fall forward, you got your 11 yards. There you go, first down. And, and, this, and we've always talked about this for, for years. The, the guy, nothing flashy about him, but he's a pro. He runs good routes, exactly. and he catches it when you throw it to him. And, and I think, while not nearly as big, what he brings to New England is what they lost when Gronk retired. The big-bodied, sure-handed receiver, right? They don't have that. Obviously, Julian Edelman, a whole different animal. They like to run a lot of things through White and Devlin. You know, the other guy's a bunch of no-name. You know, Josh Gordon was supposed to be the long like That hasn't worked out. Tom Brady likes that wide-bodied, sure-handed guy. Go to the sticks, turn around. Before your head comes around, that ball's going to hit you in the chest. You best be ready for it. So I think it's really a perfect fit. I, I really do. It in New England got better. So talking about wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders going out to San Francisco to the 49ers. Uh, you know, Sanders kind of riding that up and down this year. What, what's that move mean for him? Um, I don't really know what it means for him fantasy wise because look, it's it's not a pass happy offense. Right, exactly. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has not been that good. Hey, look, they're undefeated, so I mean, obviously they're doing a lot of but things. They're doing right. how old guys like us like it. Yeah, they're running the ball and playing defense. Yeah, I don't think there's anything fascinating there. I think he's probably happy to be there on an undefeated team, and. 
you know, from what Elway said, you know, he wasn't happy with us. We weren't happy with him. The time we move on, you know, who knows what was going on. But a fresh start always helps. And he's certainly going to beef up that wide receiving yeah. court at San Francisco. I mean, Dante Pettis hasn't worked out as many thought. Good they, one. Yeah. I well, I, I think that's what he ends up looking like, right? You, you think with, with what the flashes we've seen with Goodwin. He, he's one of those guys I'm every offseason wondering if I have the guts to sit behind this microphone and say this is the year he busts out. I think he has that type of ability. He's not in that type of offense. He doesn't have that type of quarterback. So I think that three catch for 43 yard and hoping for a touchdown world that Goodwin's been living in, now Emmanuel Sanders steps into that as well. It's just not who they were. That offense is still going to go through the running game and through George Kittle. You know, a Sanders right. is a guy who can get you a first down now and again, make a tough catch and trail. He's a great court or great wide receiver. I'm sorry, he's getting a little older. He's a little bit slower. He's nicked up a bunch, and it's just not that often. I think this is a whole lot of nothing. Probably, you know, whatever numbers he was putting up in Denver, probably going to be pretty close to that without kind of the upside. He'd have every once in a while he'd bust out with that you know, seven-catch, 115-yard performance. I don't see that happening in San Francisco. That's just not who they are. No, I agree 100%. All right, what do we got? In Denver, boost boost Cortland Sutton to Sean Hamilton for you at all? Sutton, I think. Oh, Sutton, I think is a must start anyway. Well, yeah, he's a was he wide receiver? Correct me if I'm wrong. Thirteen or fourteen, as it is, and that's got to be more targets coming his way. His problem is like so many prop wide receivers had problem with over their careers. He's got a bad Joe Flacco problem right now, and that's yeah, that's where I'm not ready to say you know those additional five or six targets a week that are going to come his way are going to translate into two or three catches. It might be five or six you know new splashes of mud in his eyes when Joe Flacco leaves it four yards short, but <coughs> pardon me. If yeah, you had any concerns about Sutton, you feel even better about him now. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's he's wide receiver twelve right 12, now. Okay. As we stand, he's got thirty six catches, five hundred and sixty four yards, three touchdowns. I think you're going to boost him up a little bit, and um, yeah, I think he's just a must start. Anybody else? I'm not really all that thrilled about on Denver. Yeah, period. The draft Knicks are going apes over Deshaun Hamilton because he's one they thought were, was going to come in and put up huge numbers. Look, there might be a couple more targets for him now with Sanders out. Again, it's still Joe Flacco. For all I know, Deshaun Hamilton is Jerry Rice. But in that yeah. offense behind Cortland Sutton, it flat isn't going to matter. So I'm not, I'm not putting Deshaun Hamilton in any of my starting lineups just yet. Sticking to the wide receiver position, Rick, your jinx of anybody involved in any of your fantasy team goes on is Devontae Adams still expected to be a game-time decision Sunday night dealing with that toe injury. That must be the worst turf toe in the history of mankind. And he's out diddling around today. Um, out diddling around? Basically, not really. <laughs> No, well, maybe really that's the problem. A little hard. less diddling and yeah. a little more practicing. Yeah, I, I think so. But um, I, they're taking it easy with them. Look, I have a feeling that if the Packers had lost a couple in a row, yeah. you know, Devontae, I think we really need to move his toe along. But, I mean, after, what, a six-touchdown game last week and they're roaring ahead without him, let's get him 100%. We're going to need you down the road. Yeah, yeah so, why not? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're rolling right along, but frustrating, frustrating for fantasy owners. All right, Rick, Drew Brees, he says he's going to play kind of up in the air if you listen to the coaching staff, but Drew Brees may be back this week against Arizona. With having the bye week next week, 
with being 5-0 and and having Arizona in your building, wouldn't it be crazy to play? Oh, definitely. He's not going to play. He's not going to play. Sean Payton's too smart for that. Uh, if you're wh- Sean Payton and Drew Brees says, I'm good, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go, are you going to tell him no? That's I, the problem. But the thing is, Drew Brees even said yesterday, you know, I don't feel 100%. So, I mean, I think at, at this stage of the season and in his career, I think he's being smart about it too. Hey, I might as well come back, you know, 110% because they're going to need me fresh. With or without him, they're going to be 6-0 and without him coming out of that – or 6-0 and since his injury coming out of the bye. I don't see well, a scenario they, where they lose to Arizona I don't. I don't week. see it. I mean, but they are five – the worst they can be is five and one, right, let's exactly. face it. So – so I, I just wonder if Breeze says he's ready. I don't know if Sean Payton tells Drew Breeze no. So to your point, hopefully Drew Breeze, which I right. would think he is, is smart enough to realize, all right, let's just let's pump the brakes here a little bit. Uh, Adam Thielen out tonight versus uh, versus the uh, Redskins with a hamstring. They could take Diggs out too. It's not going to matter. <laughs> we don't have to break that one down. No, but that is one good thing that they don't feel like it's a severe. They did MRI. Not a severe hammy, but the short week, again. Again, another reason these yep. Thursday games are horrific for everyone, including the players and fantasy owners, is if this was a Sunday game, I think Thielen probably would have been Most playing, likely, you Which right. is, the league has to look, the NFLPA has got to look at that and say, here, here's the re- there's somebody every week who's in the protocol because they just got hurt Sunday evening. You know, they'd be back Sunday, but now they're having to be cleared Thursday morning. It's nonsense. I won't get into that. And Patrick Mahomes, Rick, after that terrifying-looking injury, back practicing – I don't expect him to play. I, do you? I think it's idiotic if they even if they even think about it. They're saying, "Well, the Chiefs aren't ruling him out." Maybe not publicly, but I, you can't think that Andy Reid is dumb enough to say, you know, to pull, um, you know, a Mike Shanahan. Get in there, RG three. Right, yeah. Don't care if your knee's sore. Ruined or not. a we career. Gotta, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I guess you know, this may surprise you, Rick, but I'm not a doctor. Uh, hold on to your seat over there. <laughs> wow. I, here I thought you were. But, what does PhD stand for then? <laughs> I can't say that on, on these airways. But what I have to wonder is they did the MRI. There was no damage to the surrounding ligaments in the such. Can coming back a week later cause, or a week and a half later, being that that was a Thursday night game, cause more injury you know that that's what i don't know and i think that what that's what hasn't been talked about what we say is you'd be crazy to play him because the chance of re-injury is greater okay is it really if I you don't didn't know damage if, any of the structure is it really i don't know if you've ever had it happen i haven't had that happen. no not a kneecap but have you ever had um a finger oh yeah. jammed where it's it's freaking crooked tons and of can, times yeah. and you have it pulled and it pops back in right it's sore. Oh, yeah, it's definitely and, sore. And you can't do everything that you want to do because that shock to everything. It, it may not have torn a ligament or right. a tendon or whatever, but it certainly shocked it. And whatever you can call it, a bruise, whatever, to a tendon, you know, I mean, yeah. I stretch it, something, you know, that hurts. Oh, yeah, And it's no the old dreaded it. soft tissues. Yeah. And they yeah. take a little time to heal when they're moving all the time. Well, and I think, and Andy Reid's obviously smart enough to know this, being in the AFC, 
they can afford to lose, drop a couple here and still make the playoffs once Patrick Mahomes gets back. You know, if this is a different circumstance and he fell out, I honestly feel, I, I say all that just kind of out of curiosity, I honestly feel like this is, he's able to get up and around, he's able to go out with the boys and throw the ball around, he's in the facility getting treatment anyhow. But I think what this honestly comes down to is there, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors trying to make the Green Bay Packers waste time on Patrick Mahomes in their preparation when everybody and their brother knows he really isn't going to play. Exactly. All right, well, that's about enough of all that awful news going on all week. Rick, what are your takeaways from the week that was in Week 7 of the National Football League? Oh, the week that was. It's always the week that was, you know? There's always another one ending. You know, I have takeaways, and I'm not sure that I, I don't even consider them conclusions anymore. Uh, yeah, just throw but, them out. You know, the Matt Nagy offense is terrible. <laughs> it was my first one, right? <laughs> not one player is enhanced in this offense. And really, only Allen Robinson's talent himself has salvaged some stats for himself so far. I mean, this mediocre offense is not going to get it done in this division. Simple as that. That, that whole team, it, I, you know, what I wrote is the Chicago Bears are pitiful. Yeah, this is unbelievable. And you see this so often where you have great defenses and the offense is so pathetic, they still struggle to win games and the defense ends up performing poorly coming out of that. You look last week, you lose at home to the New Orleans Saints, which normally there's no shame in, but you lost in your building coming off a bad week, coming off a bye week after a bad week. In your building, a New Orleans Saints team without Drew Brees, without Alvin Kamara, and without Jared Cook. And you didn't even put up a fight. No. It wasn't even a game. You know, Mitch Trubisky, he's backslid. Allen Robertson's catching 10 balls a game, which tells me he could catch 25 with a competent wide receiver. <laughs> you run the ball seven yeah. – or quarterback. You run the ball seven times, seven times, and then one question, well, of course I know we need to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot. Well, clearly you are an idiot yeah, because, but, you, no, we didn't – this isn't a hypothetical jackass. Yeah. You ran the ball seven Time. times. What are you doing? You lose at home on a bye with – those three guys missing against that team, that coach should be gone now. Forget Jay Gruden out in Washington. They were going to suck if George Hallis was their coach. <laughs> Nagy's got to go. This is unbelievable to me. This is a team you predicted to go to the Super yeah. Bowl. You could have convinced me they were going to the Super Bowl six weeks ago. This is unbelievable, and they're taking – perhaps a generationally great defense and dragging them down in the mud by this offensive genius's inability to create a smart offense. Score points. It's unbelievable to me. I cannot believe this. No, it is. It's mystifying. They are, they're three and three. They have scored 112 points on the year. They played, what, six games. And in contrast, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see a team that had, okay, Oakland has played six games, and they scored 127. So I mean, Oakland's not a dynamic offense no, by no. any stretch, and they've scored more points. And the Cardinals, they've played seven games. They've scored, of course, they've scored 161. They take 20 off of there or whatever. They've still scored more points right. per game. So yeah, I mean, when you when you're getting into this realm. Of, of scoring. 
Yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous. You don't have to be a good offense. With that defense, you only have to be a competent offense. You're supposed to be an offensive guru, the head coach of this team. And like I said, I don't know why it bothered me so much. I have nothing to do with the Chicago Bears or the city of Chicago. They are nothing to me. But to watch him smugly stand up there, well, of course I know we need to run the ball. I'm not an idiot. Then why aren't you doing it? Right. You know, I, I have to assume, you know, I always discount these things. It's less about the player and more about my disdain for the draft Knicks. But I got a billion people on Twitter every day telling me David Montgomery will make Walter Payton look like a punk. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But you don't even give him an opportunity. You got Tariq Cohen, who all you have to do is have somebody who can get the ball over the line of scrimmage and drop it in his hand and he can go anytime and and you've outsmarted yourself to the point where this offense with the, where you have dynamic weapons yeah. can't even move the football no it's and unbelievable you don't, you don't even me. need an excellent offensive line no. which, which in essence is exactly the same as it was last year right so and and it was Pretty good last year. I'm not going to say it was one of the top five, but it was a pretty good offensive line last year. You don't need a super line to dump it to Tariq Cohen, to throw a quick out. To Where's Trey Burton? I mean, is he like yeah. in, incapable of catching a football any longer? I mean, I mean, there were so many high hopes in this dynamic offense that Trey Burton was going to be stepping up You know, once he got past that sports hernia and so forth. He does nothing. Allen Robinson is the only person on this offense that does anything, and it's just because of his exceptional talent, quite frankly. Right, and and that'll tell you what the expectations are. That's a good point when you look at it from a fantasy standpoint. Let's go back to August and the guys we were talking about. You know, they, the, it was, the industry was pretty split on what Mitch Trubisky was going to do, which figure at worst he wouldn't get any better. He's gotten so much worse. Right. They're talking about Montgomery as an RB2. Cohen is a lock-it-up flex spot, you know, a home run hitting flex spot. Allen Robinson is a wide receiver. Too. Anthony, How much time Anthony, Anthony Miller was the Trey next Burton, Calvin yeah. Ridley coming up. Trey Burton, all these guys we talked about, right? And they've got nobody but Allen Robinson. Now a lot Nothing. of this has to do with Trubisky, but a sure lot of does. this has to do with coaching. This is so bad. I agree. Yeah, I, it, yeah, that's that's what I got to say about the Chicago Bears. Rick, I don't think the Panthers are going back to Cam Newton. How how do they go back to? He was an MVP a few years ago. It sounds crazy to say. How do you go back? Here is here is a little montage that I heard earlier today um, about about the backup quarterbacks. As great as Teddy Bridgewater has done. When Breeze is ready. No doubter. There's no doubt. He's no in, doubter, okay? Yeah. And you'd be stupid to suggest otherwise. As great as um, Gardner Minshew has been, when Nick Foles comes back with that contract, he's not necessarily in. Right. But he he's going to be either in or expendable. Right. Was the point. Okay. Because, because yeah. of the contract. You know, because, quite frankly, he doesn't have a Jacksonville history. Right. He has yeah. 75 yards passing and a touchdown. That's been it so far. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not exactly. Well, that that might put you in the top five of Jacksonville history, <laughs> but only because it's Jacksonville. Right, only behind Burnell <laughs> right. and Minshew now. Because Burnell, Minshew, Foles pretty much, right? <laughs> that old drunk Blake Bortles is a little further down the list. But anyway, where you know you could really make a case of Minshew keeping the job. 
Then they go to Carolina. You have Cam Newton, Super Bowl, been to the Super Bowl, league MVP. Has all the history in the world with Carolina. Has been losing lately with Carolina because of basically physical ailments. I'm not going to say, you know, he's no good anymore. I mean, that's that's just no, not no, fair. No. He, he's been just beat up. And they, you know, th- there's a point there. There were a point counterpoint from the couple of guys on the show there. You know, one says, you know, you've got to go back to Cam Newton. He's the guy. He's the franchise quarterback. And the other one says, look, he suffered through broken bones. He's just starting to practice this, that, and they're winning. Why would you change now? Right. It, it does and, make sense. And the offense is moving better. It's more it, balanced. It is. It's, it's, it's it is. working better. Now, I'm on your side with this. Not, you know, you, you hate to say, okay, you know, Cam, you're you're done. You got hurt too bad. But you know what? This is a business, and it's not like they went to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, you know, th- there's been a lot of talking about Cam Newton has been losing it the last couple of years, nagging injuries, the shoulder, the knees, the feet, whatever it is. And I know you can really make a case that you don't go back to him. I, I don't know how you do, at least at this point of the season. Maybe this is something you do – in the off season, you look at, you know, I don't know, is Kyle Allen the next guy? I don't know that I see that in him. You know, he looks like he's managing the game well. Things are running through McCaffrey. Right. You know, it's it kind of vanilla, I guess, for lack of a better word. You're probably, well, not probably, you are way more dynamic with a healthy Cam Newton. I'm just not convinced you ever get another Cam Newton. I'm exactly it's not Cam right. Newton's fault. It's the way he played. It's the way he was coached, what he had to do to get that team to a Super Bowl and to keep them competitive. It was that defense and Cam Newton, pretty much nothing else until Christian McCaffrey arrived. You know, I just think physically he he's not that dynamic. It's not, again, not his fault. It's not a talent-based thing. And I got to think, boy, what could you get for a Cam? If you believe in Kyle Allen, what could you get for a Cam Newton? You know, this often you think Cincinnati wouldn't crawl over broken glass to give you first round picks for Cam Newton and, and other teams like that. Here's what I worry about. You can make that decision in the offseason, but what happens? You can keep holding Cam Newton off for a little longer. Let's take another week and make sure you're healthy. Let's take another week, and let's take another week. Meanwhile, they keep winning football games. They got themselves right in the playoff picture. He gets disgruntled, or you feel like you have to put him in based on the contract and the fact that he's Cam Newton. You disrupt that team. It's a bad spot, I really think, that the Panthers are in with this. It's a terrible spot. Say New Orleans beats – Arizona this week, which we expect to do, and say Carolina goes out to San Francisco, hands them their first loss. They're still one game back. You have to keep winning. New Orleans isn't going to lose too many ball games. No, no. Okay, and you know, do you stop this streak? I mean, they've they've won four in a row. I mean, when do you stop this streak? Or the, the the continuity, I guess, of the of the team itself. I'm not saying they're not going to lose a game because I think they will, obviously. But you know, you, certainly you don't just yank a guy. I mean, what does this guy? What does this do to a, a kid's psyche if he goes and say he loses to San Francisco, right? Or even if he wins in the next week, they lose. And now, okay, well, we're going to start Cam now. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen. God, I lost a game, and yeah. now I get now I'm benched. And, and that's what you worry about, right? Or you bring Cam Newton in. 
and the offense looks different, it, I, it, it, it's a bad deal for Carolina. And, and this puts a lot of – this isn't the same thing, I don't think, as Drew Brees coming back in. Well, no, nobody. That's – yeah. Cam Newton and – I don't know how to put it. I think it would put a big stress on the entire team. The offensive line is blocking totally different. Right. You know, the run game is going to be different because Cam likes to have them happy feet once in a while. Um, Pass plays maybe not fully developed if the pocket breaks down a little bit and he takes off running. It's just a whole different ball game when he's in there. Right. And, look, again, for all the praise we heap upon Cam Newton – Drew Brees coming back, even at his advanced age, is still one of the two or three best at his position in the National Football. You can't say that about Cam Newton the last two years. Certainly There's not. been question marks. There, there has. Whether it with his head, you know, with his behavior, obviously his body breaking down. There's been issues there as it is. And now this no-name kid shows up, can't lose a football game all of a sudden. It's just tough, man. It's tough. I don't, I don't envy Ron Rivera in that organization. No, I don't either. Because I mean, look, you're not dealing with Superman any longer, right? You're dealing with a, a banged up quarterback that still has something in the tank, but it's not that dynamic player right. that you had before. Yeah, but I even with all these wins, you just have to wonder how convinced. Because I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Kyle Allen is your future. So that's a tough bind you put yourself in. It certainly is. All right, you got anything else? Yeah, you know what? You know the the Falcons have sunk to they're really only ahead of Cincinnati and Miami right now and with Matt Ryan gone you know the Falcons dumping Sanu for a second rounder the conclusion I've drawn from that is Dan Quint Quinn is out and the Falcons are preparing for the rebuild yeah it's time right? I mean Matt Schaub's 38 years old um you know Julio's not getting any younger I mean you have Calvin Ridley Devontae Freeman you know, the run game's just really not Man, there. The defense is horrible. The defense is just miserable. There's another one, all that bashing we do in Nagy, right? Now you got Dan Quinn in Atlanta, a defensive guy, and you got this dynamic offense or potentially dynamic offense, and your defense is pathetic. Now, I, I know they got some injuries, but yeah, I don't know. If you can keep Matt Ryan ha- happy, you can keep Julio Jones happy. This could be a quick rebuild. I think it's smart. You get a second-round pick for Muhammad Sanu for your third wide receiver. That's a pretty smart move when you think about it. It's a brilliant it, move. Quinn's going to be gone. I think there's no once the once the owner says, yeah, we're evaluating the coaching staff. That means he's fired. I'm just deciding if I'm going to do it now or at the end of the season. So you get the right pieces in play. I think that team could come back quickly just with the off with Ridley and Julio and and Matt Ryan. That's a good nucleus to start with on a rebuild. Oh, anyhow. certainly. No doubt about it. All right, I got one more. Ready. All right, I'm ready. You know what's better than the National Football League in 2019? T-bone steak and beer. Well, that okay. So there's Ribs. three things. Um, okay, go ahead. This is going to be surprising. The World Series, the 2019 World Series. I don't know if I am disenfranchised. <laughs> Bear with me, Rick. I'm going to get you over to my side. <laughs> Doubt it. Well, that's a long boot yeah. track. Holy <laughs> cow. <laughs> Well, we do like that negativity. I can't take my eyes off of this thing. I don't know if I'm disenfranchised with the NFL. I'm not ready for the NHL yet, and I'm I'm just looking for something. You know, I don't know if that's okay. Rick's bleeding to death. Or <laughs> need I worry? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned. Just pad. I'm going to dial nine and one. If you need the second one, just wave your arm in the air. <laughs> but, yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so listen, Rick. I I think you would like this again. I don't know if I'm I'm just not ready for anything else. I am completely enamored by the Washington Nationals, and and here's why. This is a baseball team. First of all, I hate the city of Washington D.C. I spend a lot of time down there for my nine to five. I find the people abhorrent. I, I Dan Snyder and the Redskins, and as a Penguin fan, I hate the Capitals. So I generally hate everything about our nation's capital. However, I've become completely fallen in love with this team. Number one, they're the oldest team in baseball. All right, and they do it this way, Rick. They do it with starting pitching. All their pitchers go seven or eight innings. Well, see, I don't like when people say, oh, it's the oldest team in baseball. No, it's not. The Senators went and became the Texas no, Rangers. No, no, The oldest average age of their oh, players. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Dope. I know you lost a lot of blood, but bear with me here. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I just when you hop on baseball, I just kind of yeah. tend to shut up. So go they ahead. do it just, they've got three great starting pitchers who throw 115, 120 pitches per outing. They, they get Listen to this. Now, this is going to sound – anybody 25 or younger who watches baseball is going to think this is insanity, that I like this. They've got a leadoff hitter who makes contact, and when he gets on base, he steals bases. Exactly. Right? they got a number two hitter who lays down beautiful sacrifice bunts True. and runs like a deer. They got they got a power hitter at number three who now listen to this what they do and I've watched them do this through the division round the NLCS and now the World Series when their opponent goes into this stupid shift these two power hitters in the middle in Rendon and Soto rather than try to hit it over the shift they hit the ball the opposite way to the shift they hit to contact they hit to space they create they manufacture runs they their starting pitchers go deep into game it looks like other than the fact that it still takes four and a half hours because they're playing an american league team they play baseball the way I remember, and they're the most likable team I have ever seen. Probably they're a bunch of old guys. Half of them are almost as old as I am, and I can relate to them. I, I have fallen in. I cannot take my eyes off this World Series. I, I talked last week about watching the NLCS over the Thursday night football game the week before, so I don't know if, if uh, this is my subconscious trying to find something to fill the void because I'm so sickened by the National Football League this year. But, Rick, here it is. I got it. I am all in on my Washington. Nationals, Rick, as I put my cap on. The Washington Nationals are the official team of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. I, and, I just know, found out I can't. I was trying to do something dramatic. I can't put a hat on over my uh, headphones. Yeah, sure. It was kind of funny. <laughs> and I am going to put my official retort to that story. Oh, there's always going to be a retort. I, I can't agree. just be happy. I agree. I, I have to admit, I, I agree with you. Um, I'll be honest with you. I started actually started watching... Uh, the Nationals and the Cardinals, and loved that series. Um, kind of a Cardinals fan. Oh, that's right. I forgot but, about that. Yeah. Um, it. I, I saw this. I saw them playing. That, like you said, the way they did and everything. And I'm like, you know, they come out of this thing over to Cardinals. They're they're going to beat the Yankees or the Astros. In my mind, yeah. You know, right. I said to myself, Rick. It's you what know. you call yourself at yeah. home. I'm giving yeah, that. I, th- I think the Nationals are going to win if they get by the Cardinals. Yeah. Lo and behold, they got by the Cardinals, and here they are, two and zero against the Astros, who is a damn good well, baseball team. Yeah, and, and they do it different. Now the Astros are built the same way in starting pitching with no bullpen. They're, they're very right. similar. They they go three. Although Granky's been bad, they go three great starters as well. But they're kind of 
analytics after look, they got power up and down the lineup, but they don't manufacture runs. Either they chop it out or they strike out. You know, they get on no right. moving runners. Everything. That's what I like about this. It just looks like baseball as I knew it, and it's working. Yeah, it's it certainly is. You know, there's no launch angle when Anthony Rendon, who's a great power hitter, you don't have to talk about launch angle when he goes the other way against a shift. Juan Soto is a 20 year old yeah. who can hit a ball 600 feet, but if you shift him, he's going to drop it between. It, it's, it's tremendous to watch. And the old style, old style, or old style yeah. smart baseball still works. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder what Willie Mays' arc angle was and everything. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, exit velocity. Yeah, some of that stuff to me. Nonsense. Throw it out the window. Right. Play baseball. Exactly. You know, um, who said it? Hit it where they ain't. That's the that's the real secret of it. Man, I don't know. Ted Williams, maybe, maybe I can't remember. Starting but. pitching and hit it where they ain't. It isn't any more complicated than that. <laughs> right. A lot of guys have become millionaires making it more complicated than that. And teams like the Tampa Bay Rays have won a lot of games making it more complicated than that right but if you can do what the washington nationals have been doing since may great starting pitching and hit it where they ain't and i'll watch that kind of baseball exactly and it's working i love it you got it man. all right is it time rick sure game ball goes to game ball stinky socks i'll let you seven. start this all week right. what am i gonna do well, i'm in a good mood because my washington nationals rick my <laughs> yeah, my long time team of almost yeah. three weeks now the washington nationals are up 2-0 in the world series i am in a good mood so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give a game ball to austin eckler and as always there's a ulterior motive to these eckler obviously deserves it seven catches 108 yards for a, 118 yards in a touch touchdown i don't do this very often rick i'm quicker to call myself out when i say something stupid which is pretty often i said last week on this show and i was nervous to say it figured i'd get crushed for saying it i think melvin gordon has really upset the apple cart yeah for the chargers and really ground their and offense to a is, halt. the wheels are flying off the bearings are yeah. coming off the axle the floorboards falling through i that right <laughs> they are a wreck now i don't uh, now that's the national narrative. This is being said. Melvin Gordon has to go. He's upset the office. I am in no way saying I started this narrative. I just I feel good in the fact that I said it first. I didn't say it anywhere where anyone could hear it, you know, because it's you, I, and 11 dummies who listen to this show. But, you know, you could see it coming, and you can see the difference, even in a loss, the difference Eckler makes when he's on the field. And they're trying to force-feed stuff to Melvin Gordon, that, that ridiculous debacle with the goal line where the charge should have won that game. Why you don't have Eckler in the game and the different things you can do with him, even inside the one, get him in space, do something. You, you have to believe, Rick, this coaching staff gets it now, at least in the in regard of him getting those seven receptions that, you know, two weeks ago, Eckler disappeared. It was all Melvin Gordon all the time. Hopefully the lesson's been learned. This is what Eckler can do for this offense. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, I'll tell you what, if you'd have told me, at week one, through seven games, the Chargers would be two and five. I'd have laughed, I mean, out loud at you. No matter what bad luck they had, you know, they're in the AFC, they're in the AFC West, the talent they had in that team. I'd, I'd have said you were crazy. Well, that's team I predicted to win the Super how, how are our two Super Bowl champions doing, the, the Chargers yeah. and the Bears? We might yeah. have sw- Mine's three and three at least. Yeah, at least you're, you're still in contention anyhow. I've been eliminated at this point. All right, let's see. I think uh, 
game ball goes to Michael Thomas. I mean, you know, they, he's we don't a, ever even talk about. He's him another State. one of these guys. Oh, gee, there you go. Nine catches on eleven targets for 131 yards. Just another day at the office. This dude's catch percentage right now is at eighty <laughs> percent. It's amazing, and he and he's eleven catches ahead. I mean, he's leading the league obviously in receptions, and he's eleven catches ahead over second place through seven games. Hey, the, the guy's amazing, and this and, is without Drew Brees, right? Right, and we don't talk about him at all. No, it's just those that stat line is standard operating procedure for him, and it, that's it, why he gets a sweet. Game ball. All right. This is low-hanging fruit. But, I mean, the the, the stinkiest, gnarliest sock that we have ever handed out has to be this week as it goes to Sam Darnold, your boy, seeing the ghosts at 86 pass yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions and a fumble loss for a steady negative 10.5 fantasy points in most scoring formats. Is Rick, is that the New England Patriots defense? Is that Sam Darnold's true colors? Is the truth somewhere in the middle? I have never seen a more pathetic display in my life. Obviously, it's somewhere in the middle, Rick. We've seen some of the things that Sam Darnold has done. Right. The New England defense is destroying people. I mean, as simple as that. They've, they've played seven games. They've given up, what, 48 points? Yeah. They're not even giving up a touchdown a game. <laughs> it's a, it's and an extra insanity. point. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um. Yeah, I mean, he deserves a game, or I mean, a, a stinky sock. But I'll tell you what, I am going to disagree. The stinkiest, no good, most rancid sock ever given out in the asylum goes to Nelson Aguilar. To Nelson Aguilar? When you're getting pasted in a game and you have quit on that team when a football is coming down to you open, when basically you have to <laughs> leap a little you. bit instead of alligator arming them, pulling them back, you're done. You don't even get a sock. You're on the bench. Get out of here. So you just cut Nelson Aguilar. Oh, put yeah. him out of the league. Bum. Quitter. You, you know, we didn't hear much about that. The, the outcry you would think you would see. I remember in, I remember in real time thinking – he didn't even make an effort on no, that. No, I saw that. Yeah, it was like, what? What is this? I mean, that's that's crazy. And and they're bagging on Carson Wentz over mercilessly burning his jerseys. Of course, they burn everything. Well, yeah, that's but, what they do. Yeah, Happy, burning his sad, jersey man. And, and nothing. I mean, that pass. There was nothing wrong with that pass. Yeah, you may have had to have lit, leapt. And land it on your stomach and maybe not run for a touchdown. Yeah, right. But <laughs> that's what it's about, right? But that that was that was the poorest excuse. That was just quitting. Do you period. Think, do you think Carson Wentz has lost that team? Zach Ertz has looked disinterested. He's been a whole bunch of I is it maybe not much Peterson, anything maybe on that Wentz? It's boy, they just look lifeless. Absolutely they do. lifeless. Yeah, they they do. And I, I don't know what to make of it. Is it is it Carson Wentz losing the team? In his defense, he had somebody in his grill every time he hit bad. his back foot last week. Every time, yeah the the line's bad. Um, they really can't get the run game going. They had no opportunity to get the run game going. They were down fourteen nothing before they even oh, took a breath. Exactly. And so yeah, and and that's the thing when you're down that much and you have a chance to make a big play and get some momentum on your side. That just goes to You're right. a horrible, 
Oh, I, I, I'm still angry about that. That, that is just off. I don't care. I'd rather see a guy leap and have it hit in his hands right. and drop it. Fine, yeah. Than make, just make like the pulling effort. your arms back and jogging yeah. back. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. All right, let's get it back. Uh, game ball goes to. We we'll give a game ball, Rick, to Corey Davis. Six catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. By no means the greatest stat line in the history of football. But here's a guy a lot of us have been waiting for him to break out, and I think really, really being held back by Marcus Mariota and seems to have a bit of a rapport with Ryan Tannehill. The problem is the rapport with his quarterback. That quarterback is Ryan Tannehill, and we know who he is. But I think he becomes the focal point of that passing game, whatever that passing game's going to be. You saw it when Tannehill come in in relief two weeks ago. Now Tannehill getting the start, and Corey Davis putting up. You know, if you're really searching, this is a guy who probably not anymore, but going into last week or into this week's waiver period was still out out there at least in your home league he's still in a right. lot of on a lot of waiver wires you know this is a guy who has nice flex potential who I think this stat line with Ryan Tannehill starting unless he really remembers he's Ryan Tannehill and reverts back to the awfulness that ran him out of Miami completely I think this is a stat line you can count on which I'll take in a flex position every week from somebody I picked up off the scrap heap in mid-October yeah, and the key thing of what you said about Ryan Tannehill, yeah, we know who Ryan Tannehill is. But I dare say he's an upgrade. He is. And, you're right. And I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, you're down Doesn't in the, in the well bottom of the pickle barrel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know, you don't want to disparage anybody, but I'll tell you what, this year that he's having, Tannehill is actually a bright spot. He is. He is. And he'll get it, at least get it down the field. So he'll at least try. Yeah, at least yeah, give it a whirl. Um, yeah, maybe not Fitz Magic style. No, no, but no. that's okay. I mean, I I still think that he's an upgrade to Marcus Mariota, who has regressed beyond belief in my mind. All right, had enough. I can give out one more. Yeah, game give ball. one more. Why not? Game ball goes to. You know, I think there's a little more wrong with uh, David Johnson and what we were led to believe. Oh, wow. Yes. But, you know, the cards are still fine. Chase Hedman looks good. He looked very good. Um, Is he as dynamic as David Johnson? I don't think so. But I'm not sure. I mean, from the small sample that I saw – I, th- I think he he's going to be fine. And they brought in what Alfred Morris and and Zenner. Yeah, it? Zach Zenner. That tells you tells me there's a lot wrong with David Johnson. That's what and, that's and, what really yeah trips it with me. Now then. he's practicing this week, so I don't know what this smoke and mirrors they're doing out there. I almost got to feel like either a trade or an IR stint is right around the corner after that performance with Edmonds in the doghouse. Maybe I yeah I, I don't know I don't either. You know maybe we blame the head coach last year and were exasperated at the beginning of this year where David Johnson still didn't – is it a work ethic thing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know what's happening there. But, but you know, 27 rushes, 126 yards, and three touchdowns. Not a bad day. Got a lot of that pretty early in the game. Yeah, I know. Where everything was just on fire. Hey, I'm going to give out a quick stinky sock, Rick. I know we got to get out of here. We don't have to break this down too much. Just stinky sock to Devontae Freeman. Hey, stupid, do not go one-on-one with Aaron Donald. You got punked. You got played. He picked you up like a child. And you're throwing punches at a guy in a helmet who picked you up like a yeah. child once again. 
Just stupid. It's like Mickey Rooney yeah. throwing a punch at <laughs> Herman Munster for crying out loud. Just stupid. You played yourself. Hey, before we pick the Thursday game, All real right. quick here, um, we had gotten an email a while back uh, from an author, John Gelber. Um, he's a sports doctor and a writer, and he had a new book coming out, and he wanted to know if we would preview it. I don't think you've gotten it yet. I'll give it, get it to well, you. You know how I um, feel about reading. I know. I'm sure this is excellent, but and it is. It, it, it's um, I did read it. It's called Tiger Woods' Back and Tommy John's Elbow. Um, it, it's injuries and tragedies that transform careers, sports, and society. And um, some of the stuff it touches on is Sandy Koufax, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, um, Magic Johnson uh, with the HIV. Right. Um, a lot of other things. Oh, there it is. Dale Earnhardt, how the devastating crash led to new rules, et cetera. Lyle Zato and the steroids. Um, Tom Brady, you know, and how rules were designed to protect quarterbacks. Um, Lenny Bias and how his day shepherd death shaped to the today's drug laws. I just wanted to uh put this out to the readers. It is on Amazon. Oh gee whiz. I'll to pull it up. It's on a different email. But I mean this this guy is um a very interesting book. It sounds sounds intriguing and in how you don't think about that, right? How these sports injuries do shape everything else as well. You know, safety in vehicles when you when you talk about Dale Earnhardt. Right. Glenn- Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and all local bookstores. So I mean, yeah, go out there and check it out. It's um I wonder it- if he has an audio version, because then I'll read it. Read it. I'm doing the air quotes. Maybe he wants. Maybe he needs a narrator for the audio book. I I would submit the asylum to do that for him. How about that? I think that? that's a great idea. Now yes. again, I'd have to read it, but if I get to talk while I do it, I'd probably be open to doing that. Exactly. Because I like to run my fat yap all the time. So exactly. check that out. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and uh, yeah, your local bookstores probably books a million something like that. It's probably in there. So yeah, check it out. It's. Uh, it's well worth a read. I thought it, I thought it was very interesting. All right, coolness. All right, Rick. Before we get out of here, Thursday night football game of the century: the Redskins getting sixteen heading into Minnesota, and and that's a boatload. That's a lot uh, of points. That's a boatload. It, it really is. I tell you what, though, I'm really liking what they decided. They ought to be doing in Minnesota. Look, Adam Thielen's probably not going to be playing. I don't think it really matters. I'm going Vikings 33, Redskins 14. So you got the cover there. I got them covering. I struggled with this one, Rick. If this game was on Sunday at 1 o'clock, I'd lay that 16, and I wouldn't look back. I wouldn't think twice. That would have been the easiest pick of the week. It's Thursday night. This game's got a couple things working against it. It's Thursday night, so it's always sloppy, even for good teams, Thursday night, that quick turnaround. It's no easier. It's In fact, it's harder for the road team. I, I grant you that. It's Kirk Cousins in a big spot, in a big spot in regards to it's the revenge game. You would think, you know, the normal guy, he's going to be chomping at the bit. He hates Dan Snyder. He wants to take Dan Snyder's little ass and bounce him twice off the ground. He's going to go out and kill him. I never felt like Kirk Cousins had that killer instinct to him. It's just while logically I think the Vikings should cover and cover easily – 
I think with just Kirk Cousin coming up small and what you would think are big spots, this short turnaround, no Adam Thielen. There's no doubt the Vikings win this game. I just think they maybe struggle a little bit. They're a little slow to get into it. So I'm going to take this thing, Vikings 26, Redskins 13, which would be a Redskins cover, but Vikings win easily. So I, I hope I'm dead wrong. I'm, I'm over the Reds. As much as I love my Washington Nationals, <laughs> yeah. I can't stand your Washington Redskins. So I hope it's a blowout, and then I can turn it I off. Think at it's always time. my Redskins or my Bengals. Or, well, you you or like my, teams that stink. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck this week. We will be back tomorrow. AsylumFantasySports.com at Asylum Football on Twitter, and of course, of course, FullTimeFantasy.com. Get those emails in for Rick's mailbag tomorrow. AsylumFootball at Gmail.com at Asylum Football on Twitter. Till tomorrow, we'll see you. Take care.